Great to be with you this morning. If you're visiting, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors. Today I'm going to talk about work, the kind of work that we've been given, and uh, a principle that comes from one of Jesus' messages on uh, work and our trust, the trust we've been given to do the work we do. And this is what you're going to hear today. Performance buys happiness. Uh, performance buys happiness straight from Jesus. We'll get there in a few minutes. But this, uh, this week I had a chance to reflect on work. Uh, my son invited me to come and between the lunch hour, noon and one, and simply go through drive through and in and out. That was it. Come to in and out go through drive through between noon and one. So I was like, all right, I can do that. So I went through drive through and got a drink and then uh, waved and hi, and I didn't get a lot of, a lot of feedback from the window. And uh, then I got home that night and I asked my son, I said, hey, did, did you see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you. I was like, okay, what were we doing? What was, what was the point? He said, how long, how long were you in line? I was like, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't clock it. I don't know. He said, well, we, we did 39 cars in a half hour uh, today at lunch. I was like, really? Awesome. Good job. So, so why was I in line? To see how fast it went. I was like, okay, right on. I'm in. Let me know when I get to come again. And then, and then uh, what I loved is uh, one early morning I was up. And uh, he had just gotten back from work sometimes. This, this In-N-Out employee in my home, I have two, uh, often closes. So he gets home at 3. And sometimes I'm up, up in the 4 o'clock range, uh, on Sundays especially. And uh, I, I, uh, I saw him, I guess it was, I saw him on Thursday morning actually last week. And I said, son, looks like you get the day off today. And he said, don't rub it in. And I'm like, that's the kind of attitude. He didn't want to have a day off. I was inspired I tell you, our work is designed to be something that we enjoy. And I would imagine you're like me. You've had better or worse work experiences. Um, I had a great first baptism into work for a construction company. I was the cleanup guy. That's, that was, they wouldn't give me a hammer or a skill saw or a level, but they were willing to let me clean up. And uh, that's what I did all the time for them. I did that kind of labor. And it... It made me a better person. What also made me a better person was failure. That was something I was pretty good at within the construction field. I'll never forget, I was up on the hill of San Juan Capistrano, left uh, in a vacant area lot all by myself for a week. And I was told by my boss, I want you to dig a 40-foot trench for a sewer line right down the side of this property. And uh, I want it to be this wide, and I want you to follow this line, uh, this uh, chalk line. You can see I lack some of the vocabulary. And so we had this line, a site, and I was supposed to just dig, I think it was probably three to five foot in depth and all the way along the property line. He didn't bother to come check on me. Two or three days went by, and he came by, and I thought I was sticking pretty close to the line. We weaved a little bit, but I thought it was pretty straight, and boy, I got a tongue lashing like you would never imagine. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, he just told me what a, really, what a poor job I had done, and uh, threatened to let me go, and it was a good little whooping for me. Humbled me, and I went back to work, and got to continue working. Uh, it was only five bucks a day, five bucks an hour, actually. No, that was about, that was a hundred years ago. Uh, <laughs> but five, five dollars an hour, and a great opportunity to, to work. 
And I want to say that about our work today. It's a real gift to us. It's a trust that we've been given. It's designed to bring a couple things in our lives. Happiness uh, or joy. And it's designed to bring fellowship. Uh, sharing with actually the owner or the, um, the employer or supervisor that's over us. There's, ideally, it's supposed to be a great experience. Uh, I don't just want yeah, Some of you are like, yeah, ideally, yes. But there is there's something even deeper in this passage that talks about the kind of work we get to do, not just for a, an earthly employer or supervisor, but the kind of work we get to do for the Lord, that we are all engaged in work for Him. And it's a, it falls in a peculiar place. This passage is in Matthew chapter 25, and it, it is nestled right in the middle of Jesus' discourse on the signs of His second coming. And I think it's appropriate that we talk about this uh, today uh, because we very much want to be about the work of Jesus when He comes again. We want to be engaged fully in His vineyard, in His harvest, working His fields, so that when He comes, we won't be ashamed, we'll be caught working. Uh, And uh, hopefully we won't have uh, sewer lines that run uh, at curves all the way down the side of a future lot. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. And uh, allow me to walk through this with you. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and following. Here it is. Jesus said again, it will be like a man going, to, going uh, on a journey who called his servants and trusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another Uh, two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went on, dug a hole. What did he do? He dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. What did he do with his master's money? He hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents thought, rather brought, the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. What was the invitation? Come and share in your master's what? Happiness. Share in it. Enjoy it. Verse 22. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. What was the invitation again? Come and share in your master's happiness. It's the same word we have for joy. Kara is the Greek word. It's, uh, it's, it's the kind of um, happiness, God's smile in your life that, you, that God intends you to experience. 
Verse 24, Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, investing where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. You, you hear the excuses? So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. The master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from, the, from him and give it to the one who has ten talents, the first one, who's already doubled his investment. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Performance buys happiness is what I want to propose and it's where I want to land. Based on Jesus' teaching on this trust that we've all been given, performance buys happiness. That's it. Uh, that's the HR principle that I want to share today. Whether you're in the marketplace, whether you work for our state or county, uh, whether you're representing Jesus in uh, the home as a full-time mom or full-time dad, or you're uh, hard at work in sales or another industry, uh, our hard work and our conduct during that hard work is the premium for our happiness. Paul said it another way, one of Jesus' co-workers. He said, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Performance buys happiness. I want to suggest this breaks down in a few specific ways. How do you do this? Well... Performance buys happiness when we steward the talent and opportunity that we've been given. Performance that buys happiness stewards talent and opportunity. Now, throughout perhaps your education, I know mine, I was always introduced to the bell curve. I want you to see this graphic. The bell curve is the one on your left, and uh, the bell curve, uh, the high point of the bell curve is where the average person falls. Uh, there are a few people who score uh, really well on one side of the bell curve, and then there are some people that score really poorly on the other side of the bell curve. Uh, I'm sensitive to those people because I am one of them. Uh, the power curve to your right highlights a different set. It highlights the top performers on the far left uh, of the uh, vertical, and then on the bottom it highlights those that are less performing. What I want to say is that we've all been given a gift set, a talent set. All of us have a talent set that we've been given by God. And here, Jesus highlights that the best workers are not necessarily the more talented ones. The best stewards aren't necessarily the ones that, are, uh, that were given more. It's the folks that developed, it's what they did with what they had that was most significant. Uh, what do they do with what they've got? 
is what Jesus really highlights. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're a one-talented, a two-talented, or a five-talented person. The real question is, what do you do with what you've got? He expects you to be willing to go all out with what you've got. A first century talent was a measurement of silver or gold. It weighed anywhere from 100 to 200 pounds. I've heard as minimally as 75 pounds. It could be of silver or of gold. And you can imagine if someone were to entrust you with 100 or 200 pounds of gold, just one talent in this lifetime, that's a lot of asset. That's a lot of money. And this man, he goes on a journey. He goes on a journey. He calls his servants that he has entrusted property to. Like these workers, whether uh, a stay-at-home mom or dad, a part-time or full-time employee, we've been entrusted with increasing amounts of assets. Um, It's not unusual in banking that you are approved for growing amounts of dollars that you get to care for. It's a trust. Our world works sometimes in a similar way. What I think we can learn about this passage is that as a Christian, the org chart that we work under is in the hands of God. He's actually the one who holds the strings. He's the one to whom we really report and we are to devote all of our work to. I want to take a moment and talk to you about your work. How do your coworkers evaluate your work? Are you, would they say, yeah, he's, he's always on time. She's always on time. <laughs> uh, always fully present and engaged in what's happening at our team meetings. Um, always brings a can-do, faithful energy to their work. Uh, they, they really self-lead. They take care of themselves, so when they come to work, they're ready to go. Um, always willing to take feedback, uh, interested from peers. Hey, how can I get better? How would you handle this? They don't have to be the only one on the project. Humble. Uh, they can handle pushback. They're not above disagreement. They're, they welcome uh, contrary advice. Um, They're approachable. You'll want to have that kind of feedback. Uh, They're willing to engage in a healthy argument. Not to hurt anyone personally, but around mission, around values, around vision. Uh, Do you lead your team with great questions or paralyzing statements? (laughs) That just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. You don't want to lead that way. Do you abdicate responsibility? just to get it off your desk, or do you delegate and follow up and watch and support? Um, Most importantly, does your team get to witness Jesus Christ through you? Do they see Christ? Can can you say, you know what, Uh, to the best of my ability, I get a chance to represent Christ at my work. And uh, in an appropriate moment, maybe during a lunch hour, I'll testify that everything that's going on good in my life is, uh, is from Jesus. And anything that's not good is stuff he's, he's trying to help me with. How do you do? How do you do on that kind of gut check about your work performance? You know, sometimes we, we forget that even our ability to do work is a gift from God. Moses captured this. He said, the Lord your God is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It's all from him. While this passage speaks to the increase that God expects. I like that word, increase. I, I caught it from Chuck Smith this week on, on his commentary on this passage. God expects an increase from our work, from what we do. He expects it to get better. 
Well, that, I think, is the immediate application here. It goes deeper. Um, He expects us to get better as employees, but the context here has everything to do with helping the church get better. It has to. Look, Look for me. Just open your minds for a moment and think critically. Look at chapter 25 and, and, and how this is, where this is seated. Uh, you've got in chapter 24, the signs of the end of the age in verses 1 through 35. This is, these are some of the last few words that Matthew captured Jesus saying. You've got uh, in verses 36 and following the um, signs of the second coming. And, uh, and the day and hour being unknown, similar to the days of Noah. And then you've got the parable of the ten virgins about the importance of being ready for our bride, uh, rather for Jesus, uh, the groom. And then you've got this, this segment on the trust we've been given, and then judgment day in verses 31 and following. This can't just be about being responsible employees. This has to make reference to our own churchmanship. It has to be a reference to the kind of Christ followers we are, the kind of workers we are in Christ's vineyard. It has to have more, more, resp- more speak more to that particular area of our lives. Folks, I, I think that we're before a very exciting season for us. Um, I'm, I'm just absolutely thrilled that we are getting ready to baptize uh, a line of believers next Sunday in our Easter services. We're going to do them at 8.30, and we're going to do them again after second service. Can't wait for Easter Sunday. I hope that you're not just coming, but you're bringing someone with whom you've been doing life this year. We've been praying that our church would be a church that does life in front yard living, backyard living, with folks that are far from God, unengaged with God, and that you'll take this week to invite one of those new friends to come to services with you next weekend at 9 or 10.30. In fact, I want to do something right now. If, if you brought your phone, take your smartphone out or uh, hop off uh, Pinterest right now and follow me and go to, go to, uh, go to your uh, text box and uh, think about a friend that you'd like to see in services with you next weekend. Right now, do this. It's okay. Take your phone out. And uh, if you have someone you've been praying about, uh, reach out to them right now and send them a text. Uh, here's here's uh, some of the wordsmithing I would consider. Uh, what about what about you uh, <clears throat> joining me for Easter Sunday next weekend? What about you joining my family uh, for Easter services next weekend? Try to make certain to watch your spell check. It can kind of throw people off if you send poor spelling. Uh, uh, what about you joining me for Easter services next Sunday, uh, followed by lunch? Yeah. Oh, here's the real trick. I buy. <laughs> yeah, that's where I lost you, huh? <laughs> what about you joining? I'm going to add. What about you joining my family for Easter services next Sunday, followed by lunch? I buy. Question mark. Have a great week. Yeah. I'm going to add lunch at my house. Melissa, is that cool? She's not here. I, th- I heard a yes. I thought. Cool. Boom. Send. There you go. There's a family who I know uh, is, is interested in knowing more about Christ.
I want to bring them hope next week. I hope that you'll join me in a text invite sometime uh, during this service uh, to a friend uh, who you know whose life would be better if they gave it to Jesus Christ. We're stewards of this gospel message. We don't want to be like that one talented person who just took his trust and buried it in a hole because he was afraid. Let me tell you, he wasn't afraid enough. <laughs> he wasn't afraid enough of his, of his boss who reaped where he didn't sow. Uh, he wasn't afraid enough. We need to let uh, the respect for God drive us to witness, to reach out, and to share. Thanks for joining me in that. For those of you that did, I appreciate it. Again, this passage, while it speaks to the increase that God expects us to bring to our employers, uh, the context definitely suggests that God expects uh, how we will assist the church to grow and develop. And we're at a season right now at Adventure where we have been given a trust of a new permanent building. Uh, As we prepare believers for um, Christian baptism next Sunday, I was thinking of how exciting it will be to be able to do baptisms on any given Sunday after services. We have a special place uh, in the building where that big tower is on 1500 North Market where we want to uh, be able to do baptisms all the time. And how many hundreds more will be baptized into Jesus Christ there? Some of your children, some of your neighbors, some of your co-workers, maybe even some of your (laughs) in-laws. Like each worker entrusted with talents, uh, not everyone is able to... uh, is able to offer the same kind of uh, hours, volunteer hours. Not everyone is able to offer the same uh, kind of um, participation. Not everyone is able to offer the same kind of financial generosity to help us move in well. Uh, We believe just like this parable of the talents teaches that performance buys happiness. Performance that buys happiness costs everyone equally. Uh, This Steward of five talents as well as the steward of two talents. Both had to go out and get to work. Both have to, had to get out and, and by faith seize moments uh, of opportunity and use their talents. Uh, we've been given this incredible uh, opportunity that is uh, visible on this building behind me. This is 1500 North Market. Everything we continue to find out about this building, uh, the contractors I met with on Friday, uh, plumbing, electrical, architect, um, fire, they all said, this is a marvelous building. (laughs) And I quickly told them, I didn't find it. It found us. Somebody brought it to us. Uh, It's just, everything is uh, about it. We hear the numbers on it have been very, very exciting. Uh, And yet, we want to move in well. There are some tenant improvements, additional, that are going to cost us. And we're also, this year, in this fiscal year, We've spent about $42,000 that we did not plan to spend to pay for our security deposit, to pay for our first month's rent that's already paid for May, and, uh, and also our attorney fees. And so to move in well, we're asking the congregation to use what talent and willingness God's given them to help us move in well. I've included in your program, if you haven't had a chance to see it, a legacy card that we want you to use to help create a legacy with us that will help us move in well. And what we've asked you to do is pray about uh, giving uh, a gift over the next year. You can give it every month or give it one time. Um, We want you to pray, most importantly, pray about 
what the Lord's asking you to do. In fact, one of my friends says, what's fun, he's married, is uh, to pray separately uh, and come up with a a number that you want to commit to over the next year, over and above whatever your regular giving is. Uh, And maybe you start giving for the first time and see if you and your spouse or friend come to the same number. Uh, I encourage you to make this decision with someone. So if you're not married, find a friend that you can pray with about it. You, you want to give cheerfully. You want to give with great joy. You don't want to give out of any sort of uh, resentment. You want to do it because you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you. And then what we've done is said, hey, if you want to give a gift over the next year of $500, if you'll give uh, $42 a month all the way up until Easter of next year, that'll get you there. If you want to give $1,000, $84 a month will get you to... Uh, we'll get you to a thousand, one hundred and sixty-seven will get you to two thousand. Four hundred and seventeen will get you to five thousand. Uh, wherever you want to be, and you can see that we've we're hoping that we'll have a hundred folks that'll commit to five hundred, fifty that'll do a thousand, twenty-five that'll do uh, uh, two thousand, um, and then uh, ten uh, that will do five thousand minus. Uh, four, my sons, I'll have them all take five, and then uh, six is actually what we'll need. Uh, but we want you to pray about it with someone, and then we're going to ask you to make a confidential commitment uh, as the Lord provides uh, on April the 10th. So you've got some time to pray about this. But that's what we want because we believe that we've been entrusted with an opportunity. We want to be great stewards of this opportunity, just like the stewards of. Uh, Matthew chapter 25. And I need to tell you, I'm very excited. I told you we ordered chairs uh, about a month ago. We had to have a 60-day notice. This is the first chair that we've received. Uh, it is uh, it's first-class seating. It's wide. Um, I'm not a small guy. It, uh, it's very comfortable, lots of shoulder room. Sometimes you come to church and you don't want to touch shoulders with people. Sometimes you do. This will give you a little extra space, and I think you'll enjoy it. It, it rides kind of high, so if you're short, you might find your, your legs are hanging off a little bit. But uh, we're pretty excited. Can you just put your hands together even if you... you can you just, isn't that cool? Yeah. It's a, it's a big step for us. <clears throat> we waited a long time to be able to order chairs. Uh, but after services, you're free to come up and check that out. <laughs> Watch, there'll be a line of 50 people just to sit down on the chair. We've been in metal chairs, actually, for a long time. These, these, uh, this opportunity to give is, is big for us, and everyone is, is going to be able to do what they can. We get it. I've got friends that are living on very tight budgets. I just want you to pray about it. Uh, it, it may mean selling a, uh, it may mean making a, maybe selling a car or selling a child uh, to make something happen. Uh, I, I think honestly, in my home, what's helped us be able to own stuff like this and do stuff like this is it's just little discretionary spending. It's stuff like going in and looking at our uh, auto insurance policy and seeing if it can be massaged a little bit or going in on our cable bill and finding out why we're spending so much and how we can downsize it, Um, going in on our our cell phone bill and downsizing it. Those kind of changes, uh, they've they've helped us and, and made it possible for us 
you're, you're going to have to pray and think about how you're going to get there uh, personally. In Mark chapter uh, 14, I just want to turn there for a moment. Uh, we have a great example of a woman who gave out of her generosity, and Jesus really called her out. It's pretty impressive. I'll read it for you, verses 41 and following. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two small, uh, very small uh, copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. Put in everything... (laughs) All she had to live on. And as I was studying this passage, I think it's very important to say that we have gals in our church that are very low income, that give generously of their time and treasure uh, to adventure. Uh, let them inspire you. At the same time, we don't want you to put yourself in a, in a situation where you increase your debt. Um, we don't want you to put yourself in a situation where you increase strain on a marriage or family life. We want it to be a... I said it earlier, a, a joy, a joy, a what? A joy. We want it to be a joy. So you pray about it and let the Lord lead you. A performance that buys happiness not only costs us all equally. It, we have not equal giving but equal sacrifice. But performance that buys happiness is rewarded equally. I love the way this owner responds to those, to those investors uh, that invested what they have. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. There's nothing more joyous than having peace and fellowship with the people uh, who have entrusted resources to you, whether that be your coworkers, whether that be your uh, supervisors, whether that be your boss. I remember great conversations I had with an exemplary boss that some of you know, Don Brewster from Adventure of Roseville, who really helped me uh, develop personally. And this kind of fellowship that I had was life-changing for me. Uh, then uh, Jesus says, for everyone who has will be given more. Did you note that the guy with five was the guy who who developed his talents to ten, was given the one that the guy with one talent didn't get? You get a chance to continue to have more and more responsibility, more and more shared happiness as you're faithful with what God's given you. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Boy, this is such a warning of laziness, such a warning against uh, slothfulness, such a warning against giving into fear, and doing nothing instead of having faith and going forward. That's just a, we all have crossroads like that where we're trying to differentiate fear from faith. And boy, this guy, he let fear own him, his own fear. He didn't let a fear of God direct his decision making. Uh, performance buys happiness. Performance that buys happiness stewards talent and opportunity. Performance that buys happiness costs equally. These these stewards of five and two talents, even the steward of one talent, they all had to do something. Um, but especially for the five and two, it cost them equally, and they were rewarded equally. Uh, rewarded equally. Uh, I don't know if you're here and thinking, hey, uh, this message on um, being a good employee, uh, being um, a, practicing good churchmanship in a church, this this doesn't really connect with me. Maybe this will connect with you. This invitation to uh, 
share in the master's happiness. That's what the cross is all about. If you're here and you've never received personally what Jesus Christ suffered on the cross for you, then why not today make that decision and say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to, to follow Christ. I'm ready to have that kind of relationship with God. If that describes you, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to come forward as we uh, sing a song here. Maybe you're here and the message spoke to you in a very personal way and you just would like prayer. I'm going to ask you to come forward and let us pray with you. Join me now, would you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for oh, this reminder of our responsibility. We are, we are stewards over uh, not only assets, we're stewards over our family, we're stewards over our friendships, our work, teams, and I just pray that you'll help us bring you happiness so that we can share uh, the joy of our work, not just with you, but with others, and be a real light uh, for your glory. And if you're here today and you've never, never made a decision to accept a relationship with God through Jesus, and you want to today, you want to make the step, I just ask right from where you're seated to say, hey, God, I want a relationship with you. I want to enjoy this. I want a relationship with you. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, who died for my sins on a cross. In Jesus' name, amen.